Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the Dublin R444, it's AW Prelude and I am not alone and you do know anybody listening to this podcast, I do love first time evers and today is a first time ever because on the WNR we are doing a podcast one-on-one where you can hear my dulcet tones and it means that I have a pleasure to be joined by Genius Gina. How you doing? Hey, it's so good to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic and I'm ever so excited. Like I said, today is the first time we're going to do a podcast one on one. Can you believe it? I mean, you must be so excited that it's just me here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> more like I say, I think I'm more just nervous for it just being uh, my first one alone with you, but not nervous for being with you. Just nervous of my my own self. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. We are here together to look at AEW uh, here today on the podcast, and it is going to be fun. But I'm still going to sing. Don't think that people listening now think we're going to get into it. No, I'm going to sing first. Well, I say sing. Here we go. It's old as time, true as it can be. Barely even friends, then somebody bends. Unexpected, just a little change. To say the least, both a little scared, neither one prepared. Beauty and the beast, tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Beauty and the beast. Rest in peace, Mrs. Potts slash Angela Lansbury. And it's nice we talk about that because our resident Dublin R beast, it is Gina. Uh, <laughs> so I, <laughs> that was tenuous. But don't I think, you forget <laughs> it. Don't you forget it. <laughs> I know where my bread is. Great. And rest in peace to Mrs. Potts. I, I loved An- Angela Lansbury, man. I know. It's just, when that song came on the other day, uh, I'm not going to lie tear in my eye and I thought my god what a better way uh, to do it but like I said today five dynamites and rampages so let's start let's get straight into it a dynamite September 14th we are going back a fair way and we start with a grand slam tourney semi-finals thankfully Mox beat Sammy Guevara uh, we met MJF's new group called The Firm. How original is that? Uh, Jungle Boy actually got a win over Jay Lethal. Powerhouse Hobbs destroyed Diamanto. And Starks came through the crowd and ended up fighting with Hobbs to send him out of the ring. The former FTW champion posed for the crowd but kept it simple. He wanted to look serious and did a good job. So a more serious Ricky Gina. Are you buying into it? Oh, for sure. And not just because I'm a double fan of his. But I, I definitely feel like this this um, push he's, he's getting and the seriousness of his character is just going to help emphasize him elevating himself within the division as a singles wrestler. Because, again, as far as where we're at this point, I think like even when he did come into AEW at the beginning of it, he was more he was an individual wrestler, but he was more known as being with his faction team Taz. So regardless as to whether he had those um, singles matches, he was still kind of associated with Team Taz and having them do a lot of tomfoolery to help in his singles matches. This this storyline he's got going with Hobbs is really working for them both because it's really elevating them both as singles competitors. So even after this feud kind of ends, people are still going to believe in them both to continue on 
with their wrestling careers as individuals rather than possibly coming back together. Yeah, and it's also going to help with Ricky, like I said, the more serious side. If he does actually want to accomplish, you know, something with titles, better titles, will it be TNT title or even the world title? You know, you kind of need to... Not, I mean, don't get me wrong, with Starks, the character is there. But I think sometimes you need that kind of... In matches, I think it'd be fair to say he does muck around a little bit. So to see a more serious getting a job done, I think it's going to help everybody, you know? Definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And not just because I'm a fan of his, but I actually look forward to seeing Will progress as well. <laughs> well, down. well, we get Swerve and our glory beating Lucha Bros. I do love Swerve as a hill. The strong Lee was great. Uh, but with the acclaim coming up, the result was never really in doubt. I, I don't understand, Gina, why you would have your trios champions lose to your tag champ. Because what's the point? They're both champions. You don't need it. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you here. I also kind of just don't understand why they would even put those two in uh, those two teams against each other in a match, regardless as to what it was aiming to do. Like for me, if you're going to bring in a trios champ belt. You need to keep both sides separate because you don't want them to start bleeding into each other and storylines getting crossed and confused. You can have loads. We have AEW has the biggest, biggest tag team division ever. And every almost every tag team is so good in their own right. So for me, there are there you should keep both tag team belt storylines separate. And that includes not putting the tag champions with the trios tag champions in a match. You know, I just don't think it makes sense. And I think they should stay away from that in the future. Yeah. I mean, why create the titles if you're going to have them in like, mixing in the same matches, not have enough space? I think this is the annoyance, isn't it? There's only so much space on Dynamite. So you can understand why like singles are tag team wrestlers, you know, as we're going to get onto in a little bit. But also like the tag champs mixing up where it's going... No, if you had enough time or whatever it was, you sorted it out, you could actually have separate and then build each division rather than trying to, like, say, shove it together. For sure. And, like, you know, they could even try and do that in differentiating the Dynamite show to the to the Rampage show. They could make, you know, Rampage the sole focus of the trio's tag storyline and just keep them both separate for now. Um for me, there's several things that they could do with it, and I just really hope they don't continue in this repeated cycle yeah. of putting the trio tags versus the normal tag with an t- extra partner of theirs, because there's just no point in, in merging those two storylines together. No, and this is the thing, and, and again, another thing, if you're watching Dynamite every week, as you and I do, it's the women's match before the main event. And again, we've got uh, another one with Britt Baker and Serena D beating Tony Storm and Athena. I mean, the former Ember Moon cannot cat break. And again, this is not having to go at AEW fans in itself, but people don't. Ember Moon, underutilising WWE, will get a chance. What What has she done? She's been there quite a while now as well, you know? Oh, definitely. This is something that I've spoken with Jaxie about so many times because we are both such a huge fan of Ember Moon. She was amazing. As soon as I saw her, the first time I actually saw Ember Moon was the first Women's Royal Rumble in WWE. And I was like, wait, who's this? And that's how I sort of got into watching NXT because I figured she was the NXT Women's Champ. She had to be something. So I, I loved her so much. But I'm telling you now, every time I see Athena come out at the moment, I'm just like, 
oh god here we go because i'm kind of i feel like AEW ruined her hype when she first came they should have like if they were going to put her in the storyline with jade then no offense they should have had her beat jade straight up to make her a formidable opponent jade could have won it back easily like a week or two later or something if they wanted to do that but they just should have done something to elevate athena's entrance because to be honest they treated her exactly as they have ruby soho who's kind of like a side thing that just comes in and out as and when they need somebody to fill that space you know and for me, Athena did have all the workings behind her as Ember Moon to be, come in and smash this woman's division. But for me now, it's so lackluster that I even kind of roll my eyes when I see her coming out because I know she's jobbing out to someone, probably. Well, it's even like the entrance style. I'm sure it's not, but she came with this elaborate wings and they got smashed up in like you know one of the angles. And then she comes out with the smashed up attire. You're just thinking, that just sums up. You're not even bothered to kind of replace that. And like I said, with the Jay Cargill thing, she, I think Athena like, debuted one pay-per-view and then they waited three months and wondered why, you know, it, it didn't mean as much <laughs> at the other pay-per-view. Exactly. When they brought her back, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot this bitch came in. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's not something that like you remembered because they just kept her off again so, for so long and it's like we get we get it AEW you're you're making all these hires and don't get me wrong I am so happy with a lot of the hires that they've done but you've also screwed over the the current roster that you do have who kind of got you to the spot that you are um you know who were who have been there in the beginning and that includes even like some of the other people that they have previously hired and have they've now already come and gone, like Malachi Black, for example, you know? Yeah, there is a big problem with the women's division, but we talk about people missing from television from one week to the next. One person that doesn't is Chris Jericho, and he was in the match of Dynamite facing Brian Danielson for the uh, AEW Championship Tournament um, final opportunity to say uh we saw jericho put daniel sand in the line table but eventually switched to just french on the injured leg the american dragon was able to get the label lock for the submission victory uh, this is really good main event the right person won but the problem is and especially with you and i now looking back on the months were we it's it's I can't even remember this because we've had another danielson jericho match since yeah, don't get me wrong, that match was so good and it was a great main event and I'm not sad that we got it. But like you said, we, we've had this quite a lot. I'm a huge fan of Jericho, but I have started to grow a bit not bored of seeing him because he still is entertaining when you do see him. But it's like maybe maybe they, he should take some time off or focus solely on Ring of Honor or, you know, something else and just give the time that he's had on almost every show to somebody else who hasn't been used or utilized that much. So it's, it's like I said, I'm not getting sick of seeing him because every time we do see him, he delivers great matches and he's very entertaining in just his personas that he plays, you know? So I can't even be mad at the performances we're seeing, but it's also like, Oh, Jericho just be injured one week. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is we're going to strap ourselves in because we've got a lot of Jericho through it. And again, it might be something that Tony Khan uses as a crutch, you know, especially with the whole CM Punk uh, and the Elite situation and Jericho being there constantly. But it's not drawing 
more viewers, so maybe they're worried if they take him off, they might lose it. But as we saw from the, from these ratings, they actually did like more than a million without the elite, without Punk, because people were actually excited of who was was going to be on. You know? Yeah, for sure. And I think that that definitely helps AEW in knowing that they do still have the roster there, even if they don't have you know the big five or or whoever in place, they know that they can still make it work because they're still getting those ratings. Oh, uh, that Well, AEW Rampage, uh, well, not much to report on. Darby Allen beat Matt Hardy in a better than expected match. Willie Nightingale tapped out to Penelope Ford. All ego from Page squashed Danhausen and Samoa Joe beat Josh. Uh, Rampage, at the moment in time, is just not appointment TV. It, for me, I don't watch Dark or Innovation, but this is what Rampage is. You know, it's just like filler matches, squash match. Yeah, again, I think like with with Rampage, they need to have a sole focus for it. So like I suggested earlier about the tag tag belts, they need to keep those storylines separate. So it might be a good idea to have like Rampage be the host of the trio's tag storyline. And even, you know, the All-Atlantic um, Championship, that seems to be showing up a little bit more on Rampage than it is Dynamite at the moment. So they could solely focus storylines on those. And then that way that will make Rampage feel like an actual uh, legit televised show rather than, as you said, a dark or elevation that should be a YouTube show. Because the thing is, Rampage isn't a long show. I know we had like a two-hour special recently, but that's not every week. It's still like a one-hour show. So if you don't want it feeling like the dark or elevation where you're kind of just, you know, training your newbie um, wrestlers up, you you need to make it feel more important. And right now, Rampage doesn't feel like it's important. It feels like a filler show. Yeah, we're about shallow at that. But like I said, hopefully it's going to improve. Because we've got Grand Slam and AEW Dynamite, first and foremost, 21st of September. The attendance this year was 12,328. Last year was 18,000. Does this say much about... I mean, because people could say, well, they've lost that many. But last year was kind of one-off. And obviously, they've come back this year. And it's still one of the things AEW have done this year. So, I mean, what were your thoughts? Do you think it's that much of an issue? No, I don't really. I mean, we still know that AEW is still... It's still on its first legs of, of its, you know growing its empire so to be honest i think like people people read into ratings way too much i don't personally care what the ratings are you know AEW could have the lowest rating ever out of any wrestling platform but right now i'm invested and i i do enjoy the show myself so i will still watch it i wouldn't turn my back on it just because i find out it's got such a low rating Mm. um and so for me it does it does annoy me a little bit how people compare the ratings a lot and hold them to high standards it's great to know them and that's great to know whether they've improved or not improved but i also wouldn't use that as a judgment for the show it's up to you what you're interested in if you watch a show and you're not interested in it fine and fair enough don't come again please well this is the interesting thing even though it's got a less than it's still made i think a million dollar gate because they charge more the prices and as we've seen with wwe people will pay those prices, especially in the kind of New York area. You know, they can charge anything and you still get, you know, ten or 12,000 people there. Uh, very interesting to yeah. see ha- how it goes on, you know, with, with other events. And, of course, let's not forget WWE and AEW doing weekly shows 
and of course, you know, these pay-per-views as well. Uh, interesting to see. But we get Ring of Honor World Championship map. Claudio Casanoli versus Chris Jericho. And in the end, it was a cheap low blow by the Wizards and a Juicer's effect that added yet another world title to the veteran sparkling resume. Uh, I felt in this match, Jericho was a step behind. And again, what the fuck are they doing? And what the fuck are they doing? Help me out here. I mean, it's really difficult here because... I was also in the same. I was like, "What the hell are they doing? Like, why? Why are you burying Claudio like that? I swear he's only just got the belt. So what? So I am so confused by that. But another part of me has also started to think, especially with the more recent episodes, that from what we can see with Daniel Garcia as well with Pure Championship belt, they possibly are going to try to move maybe Jericho's faction as the main ROH sort of team and possibly get them away from AEW. This is what I'm 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 jumping to. I don't know if it will actually happen, but I'm <laughs> kind of thinking, well, if they've given those two that, then maybe they're going to move them to like the ROH and not show them on Dynamite. I don't know. I I literally don't know what AEW is thinking. It was clearly just to add another notch to Chris Jericho's belt. Well, they- but I just don't think he needed it right now. No, I think the, the the thing is, is that with, with Jericho kind of winning this again, you ask what's happened to Claudio, but you make an excellent point there because let's not forget AEW got started, built around Jericho with the kind of inner circle, and that's the reason they got the TV deal. So maybe Tony Khan is going, look, inner circle, uh, well, Jericho appreciates me. He could be the face. Give me an hour a week on like TBS. You know, I, I, you could argue Jericho's a step up, from Claudio, but again, we have just talked about this with um, Athena. Claudio comes in, big head of steam, massive reaction, wins this one title, drops it, and now what? Just go into the shadows of the Black Ball Combat Club, which again, I like the Black Ball Combat Club, but we want more Claudio. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're going to try and merge him into like the more tag team side of things now with like Wheeler. But I think that will be the wrong move to make if that's what they're aiming to do. Because Claudio's just, you know, he's Claudio. He, he had so much hype. How could you? I still am shocked that they let him lose the belt so soon. If anything, has made him look weak, not strong. And I'm just a little annoyed by that. Especially when it's like, well, Mox and Daniel said in the main event for the title. And Claudio's like, well, I mean, like, you know, and I understand maybe the reasons, but it doesn't look good. Uh, one thing that was good, though, was the AW World Tag Team Championship match of the Claim versus Worth and the Glory. We did shit ourselves during it. I will use the collective we. It looked like Max Caster was injured uh, with, like, a knee. And for that point, I was like, why, why can't we catch a break? I do not want interim tag team champions. But luckily... Billy Gunn managed to interfere ringside, give way to the acclaimed, realising their potential, and your new AEW Tag Team Champions it is the acclaimed Gina Sizzamy Daddy Ass. Come on, let's do this. I mean, I am definitely not scissoring, but um, <laughs> I am definitely happy for them. This one was really bittersweet for me because I've got a soft spot for Swerve and Keith, if I'm truly honest, but definitely... I love heel swerve and I I feel like I wasn't quite ready to you know um say goodbye to them as being tag champs 
so it was hard for me because at one point I was gutted, but I was also so happy for the acclaimed because they are so hyped up right now. Everybody loves them. And I definitely think it was their time to become, you know, tag champs and look like a formidable team because they were jobbers for quite a long time. If you think about the beginning of AEW, um, they did job quite a lot. So for me, I am happy that they, they've got this. But like I said, it's bittersweet because I just love Swerve. But I do think that is clever. The match itself was great. Um, and But I, I do think it was clever having Daddy Ass be involved as well. It wasn't so much of a heelish move for the acclaimed. But because they did it to the heels, that was also kind of, I think the fans appropriated it because of that. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Now we wait to see what happens to Swerve and Lee. But the with the claim, and this is why for me, I've always moaned it with like being an alternative to WWE doesn't mean just giving WWE guys who either didn't get a chance or did feature, you know, given prominent on there. I understand you need to do that for the ratings, but the acclaimed are homegrown talent. And like I said, I'm sure you watched them on, on Dark Elevation early days losing and then kind of building their way up, and even the kind of the scissor me daddy kind of took them to their next level where Tony Khan was like, I, I can't say no to this. But it's nice to see homegrown talent in AEW actually reach the top of the mountain. Definitely. And you can't lie, like, regardless, I thought the acclaims were very annoying when I first sort of was introduced to them. But I've just, I've actually seen them grow and grow this fan base within this crowd. And like you said, the whole addition of the Scissor Me Daddy it's it's merged in so well it could come across as super super creepy but it's just it's done the complete opposite and that's probably what's also helped hype them them up as a team but again i got a lot of respect for for the two wrestlers because they're great guys and yeah i can't wait to see more of the acclaimed on the top yeah without a shadow of a doubt well we get ring of your champion willie utah join tony Schiavone on the stage for a promo that was Thankfully interrupted by MJF, the Salt of the Earth, Hilden him, John Moxley and Winnie Regal for a brawl ensued. The arrival of W. Morrissey allowed MJF to get the best of Utah, an intensified rivalry with the Batball Combat Club. But the thing is, they were cheering MJF so well, it took him pushing Tony Schiavone to actually get reaction. And I thought, I don't know what you think about this, is one way to turn Adam Cole face would be him to come and stick up for Tony Schiavone. So says, no one berates Tony, but me. It's on <laughs> for Brit. I mean, that would be actually amazing storyline because Brit has such a good relationship with Tony. And we've seen Adam with his heelish way turn around to Tony and give him that attitude. But that would be the that would have been the perfect opportunity for him to come out and be like, oh, no one picks on him except for me. Because that, in a way, that's how Brit started her relationship with Tony as well. She just gave him a lot of shit in the beginning, would like cuss him out like he was her first rebel before, well, Reba, sorry. In the words of Brit, she called her Reba. Um, but yeah, she, he, in a way, he was her first Reba before Reba came along. And then she started building that friendship. But it was kind of based off of, hey, nobody picks on Tony but me, okay? I'm the only one who can speak to Tony like this. And so it would be so good to have done that and, and brought Adam in, in in the same way that Brit did, you know? Well, this is the thing. Imagine someone coming on this podcast 
and talking shit to me, and you'd be like, hang on a fucking second. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my job. <laughs> like, oh, trust me. Yeah, no one, no one talks. Even in person at those events, if someone would have spoken shit to you, you, you would have had me and my sister both there like, hang on, he's our, he's our manager. He's our wise man. You better back the hell off. <laughs> well, back in a squared circle, Pac defended the AW Championship against Orange Cassidy. Uh, Cassidy built momentum. Desperation set in. Pack blasted his challenger with the hammer and scored the tainted victory. We have seen this before. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Pack, they're staying in the same fishbowl bowl. You know, we, we I kind of noticed this with Dynamite. The same people are facing the same people. Pack, for me, especially as double champ, should be on the way up the card. Let's not forget he faced Kenny Omega, you know, on paper in the early going. And it just seems like, and again, so on Castillo or anybody around him, but they, they've not moved, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, again, I may be biased because I am a, a big fan of Pat, but I do feel like they, they kind of fucked up with him in terms of elevating him even more. Like you said, he was a double champ. Pat is such a sick wrestler. He is so good technically, and he's just amazing. Every move he, he pulls off, he pulls off to perfection. So I don't understand why he's not more hyped up. And I do like Orange Cassidy. I do enjoy his character and the storylines that he's been involved in. But for me, I feel like Pac should have held on to his championship a bit longer. Um, I don't think it should have been Orange Cassidy to take it away from him. So, again, call me biased because I am a, a Pac fan, but I just think he's so technically good right now. And I think AEW need to tread carefully with him because I don't want to lose him like we did Malachi. Well, this is the thing. And again, it's another match, like especially with Jericho and Danielson, uh, like Cassidy and, and Pac, if you've repeated within a month, which again, I remember when people used to have a go at WWE for doing that. You know, I know it's weekly, don't get me wrong, but it's all there like that. Uh, yeah, but... it's true. They need to kind of try and put something different in there. Well, we see Athena, Serena Deeb and Britt Baker challenging Tony Storm for the AW Women's Championship. None was successful, though, as uh, Tony Storm managed to get the win. But that wasn't the big news, because after the match, Hater and Baker and Deeb beat down Storm and Athena until Sarai, or Saraya, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. I know I am. Uh, Formerly Paige in WWE made her debut cleared the ring without throwing a punch but Paige is all elite I would have been stoked by this like a year ago but with their track record I'm not getting my hopes up and I know it's horrible. I mean I don't blame you for saying that I I I right okay I wasn't excited when I saw her debut but that's because somebody ruined it literally not an hour before I was about to watch AEW somebody ruined that she had returned and so I was I was livid so already I was annoyed at that but then I was also confused because I wasn't sure that I wasn't aware that she was medically cleared so when I did see her I was like but what are you here to do though babes don't tell me you're here to just you know be a mouthpiece and be like a Zelina Vega to to women because if you ask me that type of role was super cheesy it didn't work when she did it with the Kabuki Warriors it was just awkward, and, and I don't want that for her now. So if she is coming back to wrestle, 
great. I'm excited to see what she can bring to us then if she's clearly been medically cleared. But as far as I was aware, she wasn't. So I was like, why are you here? Well, this is the thing. Well, apparently it's her house, you know, as she tells us. But, and she's going to start like a revolution. But has anything really changed? Like, we'll see what happens. Uh, we hold out hope. The page at the main event, the tournament of the champions final for the AW World Championship, uh, Blackball Combat Club collide the American Dragon versus Mox. And late Danielson enjoyed one last gas opportunity to screw the win by way of the Busaki knee and the label lock. Moxley gritted through it, delivered a death ride on the entrance ramp, and put his team out, out with a bulldog, bulldog choke to become. Your new AEW World Champion. It makes him the first AEW star to win the company's world title on three separate occasions. Gina, what did you think of the match and was this the right result? Uh, yes, it was the right result in my eyes. Um, the match was great. I always enjoy Mox matches. I kind of had a feeling that Mox was going to win it with everything that had happened. I think we had an idea of where AEW wanted to go with their storyline pre bust up backstage you know um and they clearly had to change that really quickly so i think the best decision was to put it back on mox i i in a way i don't think he should have lost it in the first place um but i i still agree in that mox should have had it again he at the moment he's probably the most popular champion mm. aside from maybe chris jericho um on AEW and with the shitstorm that happened, they needed to put it on someone big. They couldn't have given it to just uh, one of the lowers to try and just give them an elevated push and change that storyline. They needed to put it on someone that they knew the people would love and would keep them distracted off of what went down. So for me, it was it was the right call to make. Um, and the match was really great itself as well. It's so hard to try and remember that far back to flow, but I still enjoyed the match. And there were still some times where I was like, oh, Maybe Mox hasn't got this, but I, I knew my, my gut instincts was right. Yeah, I think Mox the right winner. A grand slam, Rampage. We get Rampage open with Buddy Matthews and Brody King making their entrance. But Sting and Darby Allen attacked them on the stage to get to the match going fully. Even got to the ring. And what it looked like the Hills was about to win. The great Muta made a surprise appearance. He spit green mist in the eyes of Matthews and sent him into the heart, which sent a crasher through a table at ringside. Sting broke free from some handcuffs and hit his finisher to get the win. But I will say, what a legend great Muta is. I mean... Let's just look at the facts. He wrestled Flair at Starcade 30 years ago. He invented the moonsault and arguably the first wrestler to have two personas, Keiji Muta and the Great Muta for special occasions. And one of the first Japanese wrestlers to be known in the US. It was great to see him. As for Sting, bumpers going to bump, isn't they, Gina, you know? I mean, definitely. But I didn't really know any of those facts about Muta, so I'm grateful that you filled us in on that because I'm sure, like a lot of others who don't know him as a legend wouldn't, wouldn't have known that either. But yeah, that's, that sounds really cool. And the thing is, every time Sting's on, on, on your stage, there's not really much that he can, can do, whether it's good or bad, that he, he still will always be loved forever. Without a doubt. I mean, the crazy bastard is going to try and kill himself, but we're going <laughs> to love him for it, you know? Oh yeah, we're going to be supporting him all the way. 
we get Action Bronson giving us a live performance of Hook entrance music. I never know I needed it. And they made their way for the ring for a battle against Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Hook and Bronson scored the win. We're both locked in their opponents in the Red Rum submission at the time. Uh, I kind of knew the result when Action was asked beforehand. And he said he's not doing any bumping for anybody. I think it'd be fair to say. Uh, <laughs> Samoa Lowe faced and beat Tony Nese and Josh Ward. The thing is, there's two single wrestlers and they've put their names together and they're calling them War Joe. I disagree. Samoa Lowe is much better. I love Samoa Lowe. I wish they stuck with that. I thought that sounded awesome. <laughs> you see? All so, right. I mean, I know that War Joe was kind of like uh, stuck now, but I totally would have supported Samoa Joe. Yeah, it's, uh, a sh- it's a shame. They really, really should listen. Uh, Jungle Boy beat Ray Phoenix. This felt long, uh, but like I said, the match was on point. And then Kingston and Guevara for their grudge match. Paul Spanish got delivered a promo, playing into the backstage drama. Eddie managed to hit three spinning back fists and a submission for the win. However, he refused to release the hole, so referee reverses the Claire Guevara. The victor, the man king, destroyed his side security king to end the segment. And again, this is not how I'm going to go to AW, but Eddie, Eddie Kingston is a special guy. There's just there's something about him, and they've not utilised how much the crowd love him, have they? No, definitely not. And like, I, I get why they do endings like this, because it's kind of like you always you always want the, the good guys chasing for that win and chasing to be on top, you know? Um, and it always keeps a good storyline going when you have the bad guys being on top because you, you just want to see that good guy get on top. But, I mean, come on. With everything that had happened in real life and and as a work, I think right now that was the time to, like, let Eddie just have that win. So for him to, for the ref to, like, recall it, it was just, it was frustrating as a fan of Eddie. And it is annoying how they're not utilising how popular Eddie is right now because, if he was in any of the main storylines um, at the moment, we wouldn't maybe be as sick of Chris Jericho, for example, because Eddie just brings that breath of fresh air. It's yeah. just, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're almost missing the mark with that one again for me. There's there's an unpredictability about him. There's It's, it's not, and again, I think it might be just quite relatable because obviously, way he looks you know and i know he's he's had trouble in the past with kind of mental illness and been open about that and the kind of the way his body is but you know it, it's one of these things where very very relatable uh at kingston is and it's just they've, they've not pulled the trigger and again I, it could be something as simple as seeing punk's involvement or we i could just be making shit up. <laughs> making trouble you're just making shit up james you're just <laughs> making shit <laughs> <laughs> we get Diamante challenging Jay Cargill for the TBS Championship, but she also had rap legend Trina by her side for support. After the initial flurry from the challenger, Cargill caught her flying off the turnbuckle ringside, dropped on the apron hard. She hit a finisher to extend the streak to 38-0. and I've got to say, there was a great catch from Jade, but she nearly fucked herself up. The only problem, when a wrestler is still quite green, as it know, as it's known, or kind of quite... She she leant down with a knee to try and catch her, which, again, trying to save the spot. But if you twist your knee, you're out for fucking nine months there. So sometimes just let the bitch... Yeah, sometimes you really need to think quicker on your feet and definitely think about 
how this is going to affect you if you catch at such an awkward angle. Um, definitely let the bitch drop. Yeah, we're going to get a T-shirt with that printed on it. Uh, we're going to make some money. We see Adam Page attacked on his way to the ring to get his battle royal off to a chaotic start. Um, well, this battle was. It was the battle officially got in. The final four competitors in the ring were Page, Jay Lethal, and Penta. Hangman and Roosh were the last two. Uh, and they had a bit of a stare down for engaging in a brawl. And Page threw him out to claim a victory and a future shot at an AEW World Heavyweight Championship. This had such a WCW feel to it. You didn't have a fucking clue what was going on before this match started. I don't know if you can remember the Battle Royal, but what a f- clusterfuck. Uh, definitely. There were, do you know what? One thing that I do definitely remember about the Battle Royal, it was Jay Lethal. And I am not... I'm not Jay Lethal's biggest fan, um, just because I've heard of how he's been or how he's acted in the past and things like that. So I wasn't always his biggest fan. He's a good wrestler, but I was, he was meh for me. But this match, he shined. He really did. Some of the moves he was pulling off, everything. Like, he just really wowed me, this match. And I don't remember a lot of the different spots that happened, but all I can remember is that Jay Lethal changed my mind a lot about him. Um, and like you said, it had a WCW feel, and it I definitely was like, wait, who's going to win? I thought I knew who was going to win, but who's going to win? <laughs> so, no, I really recommend, if you haven't seen this match, to go and see it, because it was still really enjoyable. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something I knew you were going to enjoy would be the main event, uh, which was a grudge match between the new series, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, this was a hard full battle with tables involved, chairs, uh, and a lot of other stuff. With Stark scoring a victory with his fit to finally overcome his former teammate. Uh, I gotta say though, the one thing that stuck with me, the shot by Ricky with the light hook. Uh, Hobbs, sorry, had the the light, fit, and Ricky did not hold back when he swung for the fences, as it known. And Ricky gets a win. Uh, this can only be a good thing, Jim. I definitely think that is a good thing because I, as much as I love Ricky, I didn't think he was going to get the win. I kind of thought they were going to drag it out for a little bit longer. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy that they didn't and they gave him the win there and then, but I just wasn't expecting it. So I, I was even more satisfied when he got it. But yeah, Ricky didn't hold back, but I'm sure that like him and Hobbs both have such a good relationship that they're like, yeah, let's not hold back. Let's just truly try and take each other out. Yeah, they, they, if you if they were friends backstage, then maybe Hobbs was like, "Fucking hell, man! Like, calm down." But like I said, it can only be good uh, for Ricky. A move on September twenty eighth, Dynamite. The JAS with an awful promo to start. Garcia stood up to Jericho, but when an all in purple doesn't really. Uh, Luigi Primo tossing was fun if anybody's never seen him before uh apart from that it wasn't great it led to danielson beating daddy magic uh which again <laughs> listening to that knows the quality a uh, back and forth priority mgf and willie utah moxley beat juice robinson i was really disappointed i hoped for more uh we get sarai's first promo it wasn't great well jamie haters chant Brit stole the show by saying, look at what we have here, a shiny new 
toy until you earn a little respect around here. You're just a catchphrase. In fact, I put my neck on the line for all elite, and unlike yours, mine can actually handle it. And Saray's response? Oh, burn. <laughs> um, and how do they let Brit say that to Saraya? So, right, with, that, with her response being, well, Brit sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they totally just screwed up the narrative a bit there in terms of just having like great a great comeback for it. But again, I, I, I found myself on the side of Brit and Jamie Hayter, you know? I would, I, in a way, I'm kind of with them and be like, look at you just trying to come in here and just put yourself on a pedestal that sort of thing I I would have felt the same so I slightly agreed with Brit and Jamie here even though I wanted to be on Soraya's side you know the thing it's just like at least I know in AEW they you know people don't write their promos but at least have a look at Brit's and Soraya's to make sure that Soraya in her second appearance uh, actually might have a better comeback, but she's moaned about on social or at least media. Come like. across more like a badass rather but, than somebody's mum. Yes, the the thing with Paige <laughs> is, as we talk about, you talked about with Kabuki Warriors, and even like with WWE backstage, she's never been a great promo. You know, like I said, the catchphrase is fine, but when you ask her to talk, it's not. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm hoping that as as it goes on, it starts to work. But right now, I'm just not fully impressed. We'll see what happens. We get the AEW Women's Championship match. Tony Storm versus Serena Deeb. It's a lumberjack match. I I don't know why, but again, this is Sarai changing. Uh, Storm put the challenger away with an avalanche pole. I've got to say, Tony Storm's finisher looks like And I (laughs) I don't want to beat that guy. But that part, I don't know if she's hit or not. or wh- What was wrong with the Storm Zero? You know, like, simple but effective. Uh, there was much... I agree, I agree. And the amount of time paid, it's like, there's a women's match, but we're paying more attention to women around the ring instead. <laughs> so what's the point there? I mean, yeah, it just it just felt really, like, random, and it's like, oh, okay, we're getting this, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, really. But uh, we see absolute Ricky Starks beat former Ring of Honor competitor Eli Isom. Hey, Starks is getting a bit of uh, time on Dynamite before the Chris Jericho show for the Ring of Honor world title versus Bandido. And to be fair, though, this match was really, really good. We saw um, the mask of Bandido draping with blood. It looked like a man broken nose and Jericho tapped him out with a line tamer uh, Bandido's strength was special uh, the one armed gorilla press that he did I actually went oh, like that it's, it's good main event to a boring dynamite I think be fair to say definitely it was definitely worth um, sitting through the whole show just to get to that main event I've never seen this Bandito before um, so when I saw this match I thought oh my gosh this is going hard um <laughs> And again, you know, regardless as to what we say about Jericho, whether he's on our screens too much, he still gives us some great matches. And this is just another example of that. So, yeah, it was a great match. People should check it out. You should also check Bandito out because I'm really impressed by seeing him for the first time. Well, AEW Rampage, we see Acclaim retain their tag titles versus Private Party and Butcher and Blade. Lee Moriarty beat Frago del Sol. Jamie Hayter, with the fans behind her, beat Willow Nightingale. Uh, Hook took out Ryan Namath. 
Roosh was accompanied by Andrade, uh, looking to be in the main event bout against the Dark Order Silver. Full of matches, Andrade challenged Preston to a match, but it never happened. We're going to get onto that in a little bit. Roosh scored a predictable win thanks to a distraction from Jose. Dark Order hang my page edge of the show by sending Andrade, Roosh, the Butcher and the Blade, running. Good old Johnny, I suppose. And then on to Dynamite, October 5th, the three-year Dynamite anniversary. This confused... Gina, did this confuse you? Because I was like, I'm sure we've had the three-year anniversary this year. And then I realised, I think this is a Dynamite anniversary compared to the AEW three-year anniversary. But how many special shows do they need? I mean, I completely forgot that we had had an anniversary show for AEW. I always remember that their Dynamite anniversary is... um, at the beginning of October, because I remember the very first Dynamite show aired on my birthday, which is October second. Oh, fucking so, is exactly. <laughs> so again, um, I do remember every year. Oh, it's going to be their anniversary of Dynamite. Um, but I did. I had completely forgotten that they did like an anniversary special for just AEW in general. Um, I don't think they need more than that. So please don't be giving me like a Rampage two year special because Rampage is. It's still a basic show at this point. I wouldn't put it on the same caliber. So, yeah, as long as they kind of maybe just keep it to the two, then fine, but no more. <laughs> you just took me down memory lane. I was thinking about uh, wrestling events of my birth, and I think I had CM Punk versus Ryback, Hell in the Cell, which is not something to get excited about. <laughs> and Ooh, Ryback. I tell you what, though, I think I had ever evolution was on my birthday so the very first and only women's pay-per-view you see that's what that's what we took it's not a competition. Well, see, that, that's a good that's a good start to have yeah <laughs> i i'd be happy with that <laughs> yeah it's not a competition because you also had raw quests so let's let's not go down let's not go down that road um we see after a couple of weeks of build-up mjf beat willie utah by submission MJF was going to use the diamond ring, but Regal brought his trusty old brass knuckles. Now, I love seeing Regal with the brass knuckles because I know he's not fucking around. But did you, like me, get confused with MJF's behaviour? Because he came back to a monster pop, was acting as a heel, and in this match, didn't want to use the ring. And he's showing face tendencies now. It's like, what are they doing? I mean, I am super confused by this, so... Let me just quickly give a shout out. Seeing William Regal come down with those brass mm-hmm. knucks, my guy. <laughs> I love William Regal. Um, he's just—he's just like that proud dad. He's like, "Nah, you're not coming at my boys like that," <laughs> you know. So I absolutely loved that. But yeah, MJF is really confusing me because, as you said, he came back as his standard heel, but he came back to a massive pop. And then in this match, he showed face like tendencies you know he like you said he didn't want to use the ring he kind of almost went for the handshake um and i'm confused because a i don't think mjf should ever be a face regardless as to how many cheers he gets or not i just don't i don't think his persona should go there and be this cheesy face you know i i think if he if they do do it then they need to do it as a piss take storyline yeah and then him more taking the piss out of himself but I also don't understand where they're going with this because obviously MJF right now has the the poker chip. Um, and so we know eventually he's probably going to go for Mox or whoever has the belt, most likely Mox, um, to get that belt. And Mox is the biggest face 
there at the moment, you know, taking out Punk, the Elite and Kenny, Mox is like the biggest face. So you, mm. unless they're thinking to turn Mox heel, which I don't think would work because you'd have to turn the whole of the Blackpool Combat Club heel if you want to keep that faction still going. Do you see what I mean? There's loads of chain effect here. So I don't see how MJF is going to go into this this championship match not as a heel. So why are we getting this little play on him being a face in this match? And this is the thing as well, and you made an excellent point, where the, the faces and the problem with good guys is that they become so bland and infuriates, especially if someone like MJF, who kind of like kissing babies, shaking hands and doing the right. That's not MJF. Just look at The Rock as how to deal with a heel turning face. And he kept exactly the same character. MJF could be exactly the same character as a heel, as a face. The only thing he doesn't need to is, is shit on the crowd as much, but he can still shit on his opponents. You know, that's part of what MJF's all about, you know. And then you keep the character. And like I said, the, the chip, it looks like you can cash in it now. Account Like, I don't know, maybe a briefcase. So will we see MJF? literally cash in or will we see a more face side of him going i'll face you at revolution it could be either but to be honest i just hope that they don't um well i don't think to be honest that mjf's gonna let his character get ruined but i i do hope that they know what they're doing with this little confusion blip i'm gonna call it <laughs> this is the thing isn't it? it'll be something different on this week's dynamite anyway it'll be mjf calling you know dad you know dead dads again and all this kind of stuff so uh but we see darby allen beating jay lethal uh wardlow retained his tnt title against brian cage this was good this was big meaty men slapping meat and i always love that yeah this was such a good match and again it reminded you of how good brian cage was because he hasn't really been shown on AWTV for a long time and if he has come back he's come back here or there um after leaving team taz so this match definitely helped to remind people and remind fans how good he is if they've not been watching him sort of on other platforms, I mean. Um, but this match was great. Like you said, it was just two big, massive slabs of meat slapping each other. And that's what fans want to see sometimes. We all love high-flying. We all love tag teams. But we don't have enough of just powerhouses just tearing the place down. And this is what that was. This this was really, really good shit, without a shadow of a doubt. I could watch these guys. And again, Brian Cage is another one who has just not been around recently. And I'll tell you something else, Gina. I don't know about you. I get a flutter in my heart every time I see FTR now. I cannot believe... And the other thing that shocks me was how big reactions they get. And I'm not big reactions, but that was before we met them. <laughs> you know? How popular are they? I mean, I knew that they were popular anyway because they do always get such hype when they come out. Um, even, I even noticed, you know, um, how how much more hype since we've met them that they've got. But again, I, I loved FTR and I can't blame the fans for feeling the same way. Uh, every time I do see them, though, I do get little butterflies in my stomach. Like, these guys wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> uh, those guys loved both of you honestly if there was if we had more time we could have been on to Heathrow I tell you but uh, we get FDR helping some other low 
from a beatdown. And the AEW Women's Champ, Tony Storm, Athena and Willow Nightingale, but oh, Jamie hates Fina Deeb and Penelope Ford in the Trills match. Uh, can I just ask you a question? Why? <laughs> I think it'd be wrong. But doesn't it seem like all the women in AEW are friends with each other? Because the amount of tag teams and partnerships that's going on is just off the scale. Yeah, it's true. They are kind of like, you know, one week it's this three, these three. One week it's these three instead. They like to chop and change a lot. And we get it. There's a lot of women and they, they figure let's make it more tag team matches between them so that we can include more. But sometimes it's like, well, if you're not going to give us backstories into people being friends and, and consistent storylines, then we're just going to be like, okay, so these two are friends this week. You know, and it's yeah. just like, it's not working for me. It's not. Well, they, seen... they need to do something else. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't want to be that guy, but it's like, what well, they all get along. And I'm not saying women hate each other before I get the fucking emails, but it's at least with WWE's character-driven and there's alliance, you know, due to membership. Don't get me wrong. If we're going to moan about WWE, like Raquel Gonzalez slash Rodriguez, how many partners does she have now? She dumped numps no, like because bad I smell. literally, I literally was going to tweet the other day and be like, "Okay, so Aaliyah's done. <laughs> She's out. Shotzi's in. No mention. <laughs> yeah, like okay. Next, next thing we know, Raquel's going to turn heel and she's going to be with Sonia Deville next. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's going to turn into the next Natty because Natty seems to bounce from partner oh, to partner God, yeah. to partner as well. So, <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. It's not just bashing on the AEW um, women. And it's not even just a case of that. It's great if you want to, like, marry more groups of females together because you've got such a big female roster now. But make it make sense. Put some storylines in there on people having these friendships, coming out to save one another. Maybe that's why they're in a tag match next week or something like that. You can just try to marry it up a little bit better than what they've been doing. Yeah, well, we see in the match itself, Nightingale uh, got the hot tag and a Dr. Bomb for the pinfall victory. And after the match, Soraya finally got physical in an AEW ring. Yes, the rumours are true. Apparently, she's been uh, cleared by the uh, Dr. Sampson, an AEW head doctor. And she threw some fists with Baker and Rock with a super kick. But again, I worry... Because I think Britt Baker versus Soraya or Paige is a pay-per-view worthy match. But it doesn't mean you have to take off Jade Cargill or Tony Storm because you can only have two women's matches on pay-per-view. If we're going to have a 14-match card, give us three women's matches, you know? I definitely agree with that, for sure. And um, like you said, Jade Cargill actually seems to be doing much better than, than the AEW women's champions as of late. So the fact that she's not more elevated or in more decent storylines and don't sorry if people are going to take offense to the recent storylines that Jade has been in, but they're lackluster and Jade has been coming across as probably the most consistent woman on AEW. So it is really hard and I'm not going to lie. I'm happy for Soraya that she's medically cleared but I'm going to probably cringe in her first few matches because every time she takes a bump, I'm just going to be like, oh, your neck, look after it. So I think I think it's going to be hard for me to see her, her come back until I'm more comfortable seeing her in a wrestling scene again. 
Well, this is the thing. They, you know they're going to be working over the neck in the match, and it's going to be so fucking uncomfortable because, like, look, I know why, but even when she sells, you're going to start panicking. I just hope they don't do a storyline with Brit attacking Paige and doing the kind of China paralysed angle, you know, with, like, neck brace and stretches and stuff. Let's keep it nice oh god yeah please don't do that please don't do that i literally will will hate that so much so i really hope they don't go with that angle well one thing we have celebrating here is national scissoring day as we get the world tag team champions of the claimed and billy gunn to the ring owen said scissoring is a handshake we're going to do the first bipartisan scissor to unite this country uh, before strictly's music interrupted he congratulated gunn Another top selling T-shirt that kids can wear and get suspended from school from a new generation. And a match has been booked for the following week. Uh, Again, National Scissoring Celebration. It's working. And you know it works from the crowd's reaction. So sell those T-shirts. Do everything you can. Because like Rusev Day, this will peter out. Oh, for sure. The thing is, though, it's so popular at the moment. You may as well just milk it for as much as you can. It's, It's... it's so weird because I see a lot of the crowd super hyped to do the scissoring along with, you know, <laughs> the uh, Anthony Bowens and everyone. But I don't know. I just know for a fact that if I, if I was there, I'd probably be that stick in the mud that's not doing it. But that's just because it's a little bit weird for me. But I don't, I don't mind the fact that everyone's so hype about it. But at some point, it is probably going to drop. So... Um, at least I won't have any quindy footage of me doing that. <laughs> well, it's just you're waiting for the rip-offs. You know, the other wrestlers coming up. With, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. National Pritstick Day or, or, you know what I mean? or something like that. I <laughs> National Post-it Note Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, bringing out the spoons or the spooning. Oh, God. Uh, but like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Adam Page beat Roosh. After the match, private party teased an attack only for John Moxley to warn them against it. Moxley cut a promo on page regarding the match for AW title special Tuesday edition of Dynamite, which is tonight as we speak. He said, like a lot of other kids around here, you say stupid shit and your mouth gets you in trouble, Moxley said. And then the internet went, CM Punk was right. But again, you know, it might be Punk story, might be Elite story. And then there's the, the real story, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I'm still, um, I'm still fine with the fact that is that Mox is where he is right now. And for me, I, I kind of have forgotten a little bit about the elite and all of that that happened with them in the back. So for me, if I can kind of move past it because it's not something that's affected me in my personal life, and I can just crack on and enjoy what's going on on the show, then others shouldn't let like that affect it either. Yeah. I think it's be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, Moxley wasn't happen, happy with what happened backstage. You can turn it into a story, but again, it'd be interesting to see how much they got to delve into it or not. Uh, back to the action. Luchasaurus squashed Fago del Sol. Jungle Boy Jack Perry hit the ring and issued a challenge. And Cage, the master manipulator, teased doing it right then, but opted for next week's show in Toronto. And the main event was Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. This was an action-packed main event. Saw Garcia in a right position late, trapping Guevara in a dragon slayer and seemingly having a match one. 
until Jericho blasted him in the Ring of Honor title. With Garcia knocked out. Guevara was able to score the pinfall and build heat for the hill. But I get your thoughts on that match. But if the rumours coming out of that dynamo was the fact Sammy Guevara and Andrade had a backstage altercation. Uh, and Guevara was in the main event of Dynamo. <laughs> Not only that, but he also got the pin and the win. Now, this did really irk and piss me off. Again, I'm going back to my whole point of I, I'm gutted that we lost Malachi Black. This is how you're going to lose Andrade. Like, <clears throat> I get it. They had an altercation. Why was it just Andrade sent home? Why, why was Sammy not sent home and given the same treatment? And even if, even if you are that desperate to have Sammy in that match and say, only, okay, only one of you can be here, so we'll send Andrade home. Why ha- let him get the pin of all things? It's like literally just pouring more shit all over Andrade in a way. And I just thought that was so disrespectful. So yeah, I wasn't really pleased by this outcome. Didn't take away from the match. The match was good and entertaining, but it just left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. And and the thing, you know, the stories are true. Andrade, Andrade, both were told that there would be no fighting. And if you have to say that, backstage an event you're not that fucking organized tony i'm just gonna let you know andrade said don't worry nothing's gonna happen there'll be no fighting uh and then andrade the hallway he got two punches in thought he's broken up and sammy didn't fight back uh and that is why jericho said to him, uh you've done nothing wrong uh and backed him but then again there's a double standard because the elite who apparently didn't throw any punches against punk were suspended anyway. So Tony has really cooked himself some shit here, unless it's a master plan for AEW backstage. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, but I just don't think that it makes it makes a lot of sense. If you're going to do one thing for one situation, you should handle it the same with all. And regardless as to whether Sammy didn't throw any punches, He's been a common denominator in quite a few backstage issues now. Mm-hmm. So don't you think that him being involved in various, you know, he can clearly antagonize your your other wrestlers. So in my eyes, I'm not trying to say all the blame should be on Sammy again. We weren't there. We shouldn't cast those judgments. But I just still don't think it's fair to treat one wrestler different in this, this is, instance. This is the thing. If, if, if Sammy wasn't involved in yeah. other backstage altercations, then maybe fine, fair enough, this could slide. But because he has been involved in many, it just doesn't sit right with me. No, and, and this is the thing, and like I said, the double standard treat all your employees equally or tell your employees you treat everybody differently. You know, it's, it's we talk about separate dressing rooms and uh, even something like this, you know, with different cliques in uh, a company as a American will know. Uh, so, like I said, and we've seen it before. And with Dynamite being the way it's recently, uh, with AW as it has been, you know, it just seems a little bit of a mess at the moment. Where if you consider what it was like when we were watching it every week and not knowing what was going to happen and being surprised rather than worrying about what's the backstage news coming out of it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do feel that. Lately, AEW has become more popular just because of the backstage issues that have been coming out rather than the actual content it's producing. Well, this is the thing, and it's something has got to be done. And maybe Tony Schiavone, you know, as he's right, Tony Khan's right-hand man now, is sorting it out. But if he wants to sort it out, stick on Anderson. 
Yeah, put it put it back all on iron. <laughs> Definitely enforce Take this show. Uh, October 7th, Rampage, Blackball Combat Club, Mox, Claudio, Les Claudio, and you to beat Private Party and Roosh. Josh Woods and Tony Nice, who might be the most pointless tag team. And I like Tony Nice. I think he's absolute. Look at those abs. But just pointless. Beat Varsity bon- Blondes in a blink and your match. The acclaimed interrupted Mark Sterling. Sky Blue and Mazarin lost to Anna, JS and Tay. And in the main event, Death Triangle retained the trio starters versus the Dark Order. Two years since Brody's last match. Pack got the as well. And I've even forgot. I forgot what we had, Gina. We got a nice little surprise. We got Battle of Belts 4. Because like we said, Rampage continued. Now, what did you prefer more? It being after Rampage on a Friday or its own show on a Saturday? I mean, I didn't mind either. I think I was happy with both because it, it was a show that I was able to watch live because obviously for the for us in the UK, usually the, sh- um, the shows go on past midnight, but I have work throughout the week. So I'm never able to watch AEW Dynamite live. So whether it was on after Rampage or its own show on Saturday, I was happy with either because I, I was able to watch it live. Fair play. Well, what we had in Battle of the Belts was Pack. I quite like this as well. Pack stayed in the ring and defended his Atlantic title versus Trent Beretta after obviously retaining the trio's tag team titles. Uh, the pole driver from Trent to Pack maybe one of the greatest fucking power drivers I've ever seen. Pulling I literally in. thought that was it. I literally <laughs> thought that's it. He's done. He's done. How, how did he take that and survive? Like I just don't understand. Because Pack is a beast. Well, yeah, as I'm saying, it's unbelievable. Fair play to Pack for uh, retaining his title. Willow Nightingale, after a couple of victories, you know, that hot streak, you know, put him on dynamite for a week, um, and she's earned her TBS title match against Jade Cargill, but she came up short. Jade now is 583 defeated, even. 39 and oh now i said she wants to get to 50 and we've spoken about jade but she needs a step up in competition too i feel feel like more legitimate yeah this is what i meant in terms of they're just not doing anything with jade and it's not like she's doing anything wrong she's actually killing it and but they're just giving her um they're giving her flies and no offense that's not meant to be derogatory i'm just saying they're giving her the small fry you know, they need to actually give her some actual formidable opponents. And we thought we were going to get that with Athena, but they didn't. They just jobbed Athena out to her. So I don't know who that who it is that they'll bring in to, to take that and dethrone Jade. But right now, there's, they're not doing anything with her and they need to. Uh, like you said, in the storyline they've got, we see Nyla Rose stealing the TBS title. This is not a good stealing a title belt and pretend to be champ. How many times have we seen it? And it just doesn't work because we know what's going to happen. <laughs> Jade's just going to fuck her up. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, literally, um, when I saw uh, Nyla had stolen it, I was like, wait, we've seen this. We've seen this before. Like, no, don't do this. You know, that sort of thing. Um, it's annoying as well because Nyla is the sort of opponent that you think, oh, Jade and her could have a really... Um, banging match but I think we've already seen it between them I think they've already done a match between Jade and, and Nyla before so it's not like this is anything new for us 
And yeah. in my eyes, with the way that Nyla's just not really been on the show recently and now she's all of a sudden come into it, does anybody truly believe that Nyla's got a chance at, at winning this over, over Jade? Well, exactly. And they've painted themselves in uh, the corner there. But in the main event, the greatest tag team in the world and our boys, FTR, retained the Ring of Honor Tag Titles versus Gates of Agony. My only note here is, I hope I pronounce his name right, Khan or Korn, his abs look like they I have never seen. I've seen ripped men, Gina, and you know I look at a lot. But my yeah. God, his abs are crazy. I mean, as a female, you would think that I'd be gushing all over that, but I even think they scare me a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm I'm quite a small person, but my I don't exactly have a flat belly. So even just seeing those, it would be enough to make me just go sit in the corner and probably think about things in life that I eat. But... Um, <laughs> Seriously, those abs are insane. It's Part stupid. of me felt like trying to <laughs> zoom in just to see if you put any like eyeshadow or bronzer in in the cracks just to define them a bit more. But no, that that's all that's all him, and it, it's I'm speechless about them. Yeah, I, I you try and I walk by him and I would cut myself on them. That's kind of just how sharp. It's like I think they're made of glass. We just kind of how <laughs> good. They look, and don't get me wrong, Drew, you're my boy, but have you seen Khan? Like, work out a little bit harder. <laughs> try, try some of that. Like, whatever he's eating. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in a ring with him. If I if I was in a ring with him, I'd be like, I'm just going to lie down and pin me. You can pin me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might get him to try and take me down once, but just for fun. <laughs> just get on all fours and be like, right, take down, and then... <laughs> uh, he would break my neck. He would break my neck with those abs alone. Well, anyway, we'll move on to, and this is good news for you as well. It's the last dynamite. Yes, this is the fifth and final dynamite we're going to cover. October twelfth. Time flies when you're having uh, <laughs> new AEW signing. Rene Paquette kicks off the show by welcoming Toronto's own Christian Cage to the stage. Before we get onto Christian Cage and what he had to say, Rene joining AEW. I know people have been talking about it for years, but we're now with Moxley signing a five-year contract and Renee joining AEW. I'm glad things are going well for both of them. Yeah, do you know what, James? Me and Jaxie screamed the place down as if she was a returning wrestler or something. It was. I was so excited to see her there because I didn't actually think it was going to happen. Even though Mox is with them, she did say when she very first left WWE, that wasn't the route she was looking to take. So... And again, we know she's gone off to become a mum. She looks absolutely amazing, by the way, yeah. for for having a child as well in this time. But yeah, I was so excited to see her back. And it was so good to hear her voice interviewing again. I'm just I'm excited to see her more on the show. And another thing Tony Khan did is signed everybody from WWE Backstage. Fox created WWE Backstage with, of course, CM Punk. Uh, it, it feels like a, a dream. That fever dream after things happened this past year. But everybody from WWE backstage, so that's CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, Paige, and now Renee. He is finally <laughs> did it. Fair play. Uh, but we did mention Captain Charisma coming out, and he vowed that Luchasaurus' victory over Jack Perry was certain as the Maple Leafs losing in the first round of the playoffs. I didn't get it, but the fans didn't like it, so I assume 
That's not a good thing to say. Christian always bring it around. Uh, this was a fun match. We see Perry delivering a sunset flip powerbomb from the apron and through a table. Uh, Jungle Boy delivered cage zone kill switch and applied the snare trap. But Luchasaurus escaped, delivered a choke sound from the top and a burning hammer from the win. I thought this was a great way to start, but I was a little bit surprised that Jungle Boy did lose because I think Luchasaurus maybe could have done and still can. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what would have worked, whether it would have worked with Luchasaurus losing or not. I think um, it makes him and Christian come across as more assholes and bad guys with the fact that they got this win. Um, but I also kind of was like, I feel like they need to continue this a bit more, but I also don't want to get sick of seeing this. Mm-hmm. So I hope they, I hope they're able to keep the story interesting because we know it's going to continue still. But um, yeah, it was, it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. Both wrestlers are, are really good. So I enjoyed the match. We just have to wait six months till Christian's back again. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> Sometimes I don't understand. I love long-term storytelling, but fuck me, just have a payoff soon. Uh, anyway, talking of, uh, do you know what? I'm a fan of QT Marshall. I'm going to say it. I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, and he made the mistake of talking trash prior to his and Nick Comoroto's match against. That's right, Samoa Low. He paid for it. Samoa Low deposited him on the floor for teeing off of Comoroto. And solid teamwork makes the dream work. And this led to a mostly uncontested win afterwards. Uh, the victors looked to punish Marshall, but Prince Nana, the gates of agony, and Brian Cage interrupted. FDR cut the hill promo short, arriving amid a fun ovation. Dax revealed they were partner with Sean Spears to face Cage and the gates Friday night on Rampage. I love FTR. But can I just mention Sean Spears quick? Because... When he left WWE as Ty and Deliger, AEW fans and a lot of people were pissing, moaning and shouting and saying, 10 gimmick never worked, it's a joke, he'll be more serious than AEW, and look, gone back to the perfect 10 character. What ain't broke, don't fit. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It was nice to see him back, but um, I, for me, I'm, I was just more focused on FTR. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so every time they come out, I'm just going, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I get, I'm just going to get butterflies in my stomach every time I hear their music. Just, yeah. oh. oh, how how nice was Cash? Oh, he was. <laughs> Cash, <laughs> giving me that big hug. It was so good. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, remember, Swerve Strickland beat Daddy Ass. We didn't really need this match, and Swerve had to cheat. Does Swerve really need to cheat to beat... <laughs> 57 nah, year old he Billy did Gunn. not. No, no, he did not need to cheat. I feel like they did it just to emphasize his heel character, but he's already playing a really good heel. He doesn't need to like overdo it with with the heelish things, you know. So he definitely could have won this just on his own. But they, I don't know if they were trying to do it to still make Daddy Ass come across like a formidable opponent, but. For me, I just felt like they did it for storyline-wise. Yeah, I think, you know, again, though, the acclaimed are the stars of the team, not the 57-year-old, all right? I, just I know it's daddy ass, but again, uh, but there will be no scissoring for the foreseeable. Sterling has copyrighted it, so we cannot scissor it, you know? It's a shame, uh, but I don't think it's back, as we've talked about. 
I mean, they're going to have a, a full-on battle over this storyline. You know, they've taken the the varsity blonde's name. They've now taken the scissoring. The acclaimed are not going to be happy because that's their fucking slogan. So they're, they're definitely not going to be happy. No, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. AEW World Champion John Moxley hit the ring for a promo, which he put on over the trials and tribulations of being a total holder, about to stay away after next week's title defence against Hangman Adam Page. No one contender interrupted the mid to have nothing after watching his friends leave and his title reign come to an end. Moxley said, being a world champion is a dirty, dirty job and you've got to be ruthless. Last week, uh, he said, some champions break straight away and some it takes time. Uh, Page come back and said, last week you shattered all the illusions I had about you. A nice kid. Uh, Mox added, I don't think you've got it in, the pa- in your guts to pull the trigger. Page liked to talk about his friends and said the medicine isn't working, but he's still here. Uh, unlike here, I want to make sure I could come out here and tell you face-to-face, man-to-man. Page said, pointing to MGF as he vows to become the next champion. Uh, he said he's still here and ready to defeat Moxley for the title. He will defeat Moxley. It's his word. At that point, I'm going, yeah, go fucking Adam Page. I'm back on the, I'm back on the Page bandwagon. My only issue was was the crowd chant for MJF who was looking on in the distance because this should have been more about Mox and Paige. Yeah, again, I know they're going to give us a great match and um, I am looking forward to it. But I'm again, I'm confused. I know that they're two of the biggest names in the company, so they decided to put those two going against each other. But I don't understand because technically they're both faces. So it's harder to choose a favorite. And in this instance with MJF having that poker chip and being back here and everybody being excited that he's returned, people aren't even bothered by either of the faces. The fact that there's two of them, they're, they're more bothered about MJF who is the heel. Mm. And it just like, that's what they've ended up doing here by, you know, making, making these, the two faces go against each other. I don't think that they should have done, Hangman versus Mox again because we have had it recently and I feel like the only the only solution would be to put Mox against another heel at this point in time. Not necessarily MJF and get it done now, but just put him up against another heel right now. Just because of the whole fiasco with the Elite and CM Punk and all of that has just come. So really, in a way, I just felt like it wasn't it's not the right time for the Hangman page match again. No, and again, if they're showing us, they're telling us MJF is the end result. So again, what's it matter? I know it sounds horrible to say, but like I said, Paige and um, Mox would be great. But what? Who? What did it matter if Mox beat Danielson? If the end goal is Mox to lose title, give Danielson a little run with it. You know, even if it is for a couple of months, let Paige win it back or whatever it is. Just it's. Not predictable, but we know what's going to happen. You know, Revolution coming up in November will be Mox versus MJF. We know that. But again, we want a little bit of thinking, do you know what? They they might they might go with Paige. But at this moment in time, as you said, it's just Paige doing it. It's nothing else that we've seen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, about that. Well, the Ring of Honor World Championship, Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho for the third time. In an AW ring, Danielson and Jericho battle one-on-one, this time with a lot of Ring of Honor World Championship at stake. 
A grueling physical match saw Danielson rolling late for an accidental collision with referee Paul Turner. Ring of Honor Pure Champion Daniel Garcia made his way to the ring and appeared to prevent Jericho from utilising his belt as a weapon. Only to shockingly blast the American Dragon with the Pure title, setting up a win for Lee Lionheart. Yes, Jericho beat Danielson again, and Garcia is back where he was three weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm still confused about this. It's not that I'm annoyed by the storyline because they definitely shocked me, and I didn't see this coming. But I'm a, I'm just a bit confused. So was was the past three weeks of work that Daniel Garcia was doing? <laughs> um, oh gosh, I just did he get sick of did he get sick of uh, trying to be good with. Brian and be like, nah, that doesn't work for me. I'm going to go back. Or is it the fact that Jericho has the ROH championship and because he's the pure champion, again, my theory earlier in terms of making Jericho's kind of team the big bads of ROH over the next few weeks, you know, they could have been like, oh, scrap that. Let's keep um, Garcia with Jericho for the moment still. So I don't know what happened here, whether they just decided to flip the storyline or whether this was actually still a work. But if it was a work, they got me, because I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I'm sure the end goal is Garcia, but, you know, like I said, it's Tony Khan, so he's, if he can eke it out for another couple of months, he will. <laughs> That's what we've seen with AEW, a former AEW world champion. Yeah, but he needs he needs to be careful, because it, it's it's slightly bordering along the same lines of the Luchasaurus Jungle Boy, where... Mm-hmm. He had betrayed him, then he didn't betray him, and then he did betray him. So hopefully they won't merge the same storyline. Yeah, as I said, this is a problem, you know. Uh, but we get AW World Women's Champion or former champ, Hiroko Rashida, return to team with current title holder Tony Storm, because they're friends, against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Shida rolled up Britt for the win, and the main event, the All-Atlantic Championship match, Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Well, Pac tried to retrieve the tuss- trusty ring bell hammer, only to be stopped by Dan Housen and then referee Bryce Rimsberg. Rimsberg probably... He thought himself like, I'm going to look the toughest I've ever... Like, you're in trouble, mister. <laughs> it's just like, Bryce gets his moment. Uh, the distraction allowed... The Cass- funny thing is, is he's so small as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, right, mister. Just, <laughs> I said a pretty much. Yeah, very, very small. But the distraction allowed Cassidy to recover and deliver an orange punch. He teased using the hammer himself. But instead, delivered another punch for the win, and his championship in AEW was 0 8 in title matches leading up to that one, thanks to Excalibur. Uh, but your new All Atlantic champion, Orange Cassidy, the closing sequence was ace. And we talked about the pile driver from Pac. No one takes like a, a, the DDT like Pac. He crabbed on the landing, Gina. He crabbed. Oh my God. I know. I can't even bend like that, and I do, I do yoga. <laughs> like seriously the way he crammed down on that I was like he's dead guys he's dead well <laughs> so, he seriously can sell he sells so well and this is another great thing about Pac so yeah truly underrated um I'm I'm not gonna say I was crazy about the end result again I, I feel like Pac should have held on to that Atlantic championship for a mm. few more weeks in my eyes but so. he's, he's, he's still got the trio and uh, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I know. Again, I, I don't feel like he'd had it long enough. 
Well, this is the thing, yeah. isn't it? And now Cassidy, and it's just, we wonder how long Cassidy's going to have it. Uh, or who the challenge is going to be. Will it be Tony Nice or will it be someone interesting? You know, it's going to be interesting to see. I keep It'll saying it's going to be interesting. Dan Housen, happens, but... won't it? Yeah. It'll be Dan Housen. Matt Menard and, you know, like those types of people. But well-deserved for Cassidy. I will say the only way I could crab is if someone threw me down the I think it would be fair to say. Uh, apart from that, it ain't happening. Uh, we move on, though, to our last uh, show, which is October 14th, Rampage. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what's fucking meant. That AEW would not give Moxley his entrance. I mean, the music gets a massive pop. But instead, he's just... Who cares about his match with Butcher the Blade? The pulp box is his entrance. Yeah, I get it. With Rampage, whoever's in the first match usually don't get their entrance. But it's so weird not having Mox's entrance because it is such a, I, I want to say show stopper, but in a way show starter as well. It kind of gets everybody in the mood. Um, yeah, it was just weird. It was just weird seeing him already in the ring like that, like some jobber. <laughs> just treating him. Yeah, who do you think he is? Like, Roosh? How dare you? Uh, Mox and Claudio beat Butcher and a Blade with ease. The Jericho Appreciation Society was out for a promo. That was to explain why Daniel Garcia remained with the group. Uh, he basically said, Jericho cheats. That's how you win. That's what I do. And then we see Dalton Castle and the boys. And yes, Gina, you are right. I do love Dalton Castle and the boys themselves. They are the uh, trio's champion of Ring of Honor. And he wants a shot at the Ring of Honor championship. And Jericho accepted we then see Nyla Rose versus Anna J.A.S. Rose won with a beast bomb. She's quickly confronted by Jay Cargill and the baddies. Cargill laid out the entire security team that tried to stop her. But Rose and her allies escaped up the ramp. We'll be seeing more of that. Ethan Page versus Zaya Cast. I mean, talk about a quick match. <laughs> this was over before it started. And the whole story is Matt Hardy and private parties contracts now belong to the firm. I mean, um, who cares? This isn't this isn't working for me. It's just not. I, it, it's not captivating me. That's all I've got to say. It's just, <laughs> I feel so. I hope you mean Matt Hardy's storyline, not the pod, because that would be a really weird way to. No, no, no. Yeah, the pod. <laughs> not the pod. Sorry, the man. <laughs> oh God! Look, you've messed me up now. This is just so. Like, it, it's born, the storyline has bored me that much that I've lost my whole trail of what I was doing. Um, no, it's just not working for me in terms of, like, you, I love I, I love Private Party. I don't think they're on the calibre of, you know, being in the tag team title picture just yet. But I just think that instead of, like, maybe keeping them as, like, sort of that almost almost kind of jumping up to the next, next slot up, tag team they're just kind of like these laughed at jobber tag team at the moment yeah it's, it's just not yeah. working for me and they're just kind of in my eyes burying them a bit yeah you don't know how panicked i was i thought i finally made a snap <laughs> we're, we're nine minutes in i, I just i've never had this rejection you think i am james i know oh, well. i can be a bit but i'm not that much of a bit to be fair though gina and i'm gonna give you a little bit of credit here I think you would because you've got the character that you've got and the balls there. You would wait to the end and be like, do you know what? This is shit. I'm out. Like, I, I think... Yeah, peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
thanks, but no thanks. And then Jackson and Monty are like, what the fuck did you do, man? And I was like, look, <laughs> it was a show. It was like, you broke Gina. <laughs> it you took broke me her. <laughs> rambling on for 90 minutes to go, fuck. Uh, but no, I, seriously, even people listening, do not worry, because we have got the main event of the left, which was Sean Spears' team. Well, the greatest tag team of all time, really. FTR, stake on Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. Spears was able to hit the C4 on Corn to score the pin and the win. And then Matt Tavern and the duo Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis came out to end the show and challenge FTR. They joined the embassy to beat down the babyfaces until Samoa Lowe made the save. I put this in perspective, Gina, as well, just in case about Tavern and Bennett. A former, as uh, Maria Canellis said, former Ring of Honor and IWGP tag champions. They were Impact tag champions just a couple of lost their uh, championship. The contracts came up, they lost their titles, and then a literally a week later have signed with AEW. So it's good for them. But do you give a shit about it? I, AEW needs to stop buying people, man. Use the people that you already got on your roster. Yeah. Like, that's no offence to these two wrestlers that have come in, but no, I don't really care. I'm just like, there are so many people on your roster and you keep bringing more and more every week. It's going to start getting boring for its fans. Like, fans lo- have loved all the surprise announcements that they've had in terms of hiring lately, yes. But you don't need to do one hire a week. And and it's just going to start to kind of get too packed. And again, we're then going to start missing out on some of the AEW original wrestlers because they're not even going to be shown anymore because there's too many of the newer wrestlers that need to be shown. Mm. Or the newer wrestlers will disappear for another three months and then we'll forget that they were even hired by AEW. So when they do come back for their storyline match, which they entered into AEW with, we're kind of going to be already over it. That is true. Well, like I said, we are on... uh... We're just a couple of hours away from the AEW Tuesday night Dynamite, uh, which is going to be very, very special tonight because we've got the Ring of Honor World title, Jericho versus uh, Castle, AEW Women's title, Storm versus Sheeda, Trias title, Jeff Tri- Death Triangle versus Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, and of course, Mox versus Hangman. So the Dynamite should be good tonight. Uh, what I was going to ask you, Gina, obviously... What are your thoughts on Dynamite and AEW in general this past month? Are you excited for Dynamite tonight? And what do you hope as we go towards Revolution? I mean, I always enjoy AEW to some extent, but I will admit that AEW has had better months in terms of storylines. Um, it's shocking because I I am the one who is more who prefers AEW more over WWE or have done. But I have found myself lately being the other way around. I look more forward to WWE at the moment than I do AEW. And that's because there's just, there's so much going on. Sometimes you forget certain storylines. So when they do come back onto the screen, you're just like, oh, I completely forgot this. This ain't done yet. Like, mm. it, it's starting to become a bit messy, I want to I say. So um, I hope that they can kind of reel it back in coming to, up towards the end of the year. Of course, I'm still always going to be looking forward to like evolution um, and seeing what happens over the next few weeks. But I'm hoping that we don't get kind of a repeat of this past month because it has been really lackluster in my eyes. Yeah, 
Well, probably not the best month to have you on then <laughs> to do that rampage, but hey, I've put Yeah, but my... we did get quite a few Ricky Starks matches, so I'm yeah. always gonna be smiling at that. And we had FTR. Worst case scenario, we've got FTR just to go. Exactly. Uh, you know, like I said, it should be interesting. Like we've got Revolution coming up in November, so we we'll see how it goes. And like we said, we're expecting Mox versus MJF. Um, so, like I said, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It should be interesting. What happens? Is there anything else you want to say related to AEW, Gina? No, not really. I think we covered. Um... A lot of it just you know if if any more backstage shit happens people just remember that every there's two sides to every story don't be sending hate don't be trolling it just takes up your time to even send hate so just don't waste your time on it enjoy the stories that are happening if you're not enjoying it just stop watching for a couple of weeks but yeah aside from that i've enjoyed having being on this show and having my one-on-one with you james (laughs) <laughs> Without a doubt, no, no. like I said, it's been all right. It's, you know, it's not been too bad, has it? Um, obviously, we'll give the full in-depth analysis after that. But uh, like I said, I, I've enjoyed it. I think you've been great uh, today. So it's good to hear uh, you, your side not have Jaxie jumping down your throat all the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, Jaxie. Joking. Uh, <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> it's based on fact. But again, like I said, you even say it with the trolling thing in the comments. People with negative comments, you know, and, and stuff like this, it's, it doesn't work out. You know, if, if it's positive comments and people go, what's the point of that? And look what we found. You know, we found each other, so to speak, all because we were kind of positive towards wrestling and we really, really enjoy it. And who knows if people listen to this and you can interact with us on Twitter and each other and actually build a quite nice crew where it's not just negative all the time, you know. Definitely. And again, like I said, it just takes up more time and negativity actually takes up more energy from your body. So just do it for yourself. If you, Even if you're annoyed or angry, you don't need to go on and troll and waste your time and energy on that. Find something else that you're positive about and focus mm. on that. And if you're not going to do it for you, do it for Gina. Do it for Jane. Do it Please. for the WNR. You know, <laughs> just, just do it. You listen, you need yeah. help, reach out. You know, everybody's there, especially this time of year as well. We are more than, we're open to emails and tweets and everything like that. But that is it. Before we get too deep, man, that is it for today's show. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the Dominar Podcast. I'm at the Dominar Jar. You can find the entire Dominar team on the Twitter banner. I'm not just blowing smoke, Gina, but this show has flown by, so obviously I've enjoyed it. Uh, but do you want to plug your stuff if people want to find you? Yeah, no worries. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Purple Pain. Dubliner also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all Google platforms, send us an email at dubliner.podcast.gmail.com and YouTube. Done podcast with all latest clips. Podcast at the same time on YouTube. to do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be NXT update. But do not because I know you hate me. But I know you love Jackson and Gina, and they will be back with me for the Halloween special two weeks' time. It's the eighth annual Halloween Spooktacular. Can you believe it, Gina? Spooktacular. I mean, I'm super excited. Halloween is my favorite holiday. October is my birthday month, so why wouldn't it be anything Halloween-related? Count me in. 
Without a doubt. The only thing, remember, boys and girls, the only thing being worse than being caught by the ghosties is being caught by the ghoulies. But until then, I have been James Rowlands and I was joined by the genius, which is Gina. I hope I have not put you off podcasting for life, Gina. <laughs> no, definitely not. I've enjoyed myself. So thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, like I said, it has been great. Thanks for the and bye.